Hey, everyone. Welcome. I hope you've been having a great time at reInvent so far. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Prashant. I'm a senior product manager at AWS. And I'm joined by my colleague, Ryan, who's a software development engineer on the product. Uh, we work with the team that uh, built Pinpoint. And we want to talk to you about how Amazon Pinpoint can help you gain user insights from the wonderful web and mobile applications that you're all building. When we started to build Pinpoint, we spoke to a lot of developers such as yourself, uh, both within Amazon and outside. And one of the things we heard from pretty much all of them is that uh, designing and launching the application is really just one part of the exercise. Uh, a lot of the work really begins once that application is live and you start getting those millions of users and you try to understand how those users are using your application to grow your business. Uh, that is basically what uh, inspired how we built Pinpoint. Now, to help me in my discussion today, uh, I'm going to cover these topics. I will start with the discussion of uh, what user insights means for mobile and web applications. I will then discuss a couple of frameworks uh, where you can use something called key performance indicators, uh, KPIs, uh, to measure user insights. I will then discuss event models and how they can help you capture data in a structured way. I will then talk about how you can instrument your app using Amazon Pinpoint to collect these KPIs and use these event models. We will then take a quick look at uh, the KPIs and the chatting functionality that Pinpoint provides out of the box. And finally, we will discuss how you can export all of this data that you're collecting from Pinpoint to Kinesis automatically. You can then use that data to perform real-time analysis, ad hoc analysis, dive deeper than the console will allow you to, uh, what have you. All right, with that, let's get started. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of you in the audience have uh, built fantastic applications with millions of users. I made up a completely hypothetical application for the purpose of this discussion. Uh, let's say it's a sports fans application. Um, and it does three things. The first is it delivers sports news and schedules. So if there's a game going on or a tournament just ended, it'll send you an update either through email, uh, to the app on your web browser, or to the app on your smartphone. It will also deliver schedules uh, for when the next big tournament is or when the next game is. Simple enough. It will also deliver live scores and results. So that's a real-time use case. There's a game going on right now. Uh, maybe someone scored a goal or someone scored a point, and then it wants to send you a push notification to your smartphone or a browser notification to your web app and let you know what the score is. And it needs to do that pretty much instantly. And because you have uh, a captive audience of sports fanatics, uh, you would want to sell tickets and merchandise as well. Why not? Uh, you would figure out what their favorite teams are and surface tickets to the games of those teams and merchandise belonging to that team. So as the developer, you've built this app. You've done a fantastic job designing it. You've launched it. You start getting millions of users in every day. How do you then start to understand uh, what the users are doing with the application. All of the developers that we spoke to uh, gave us inputs into what they do to capture user insights. And we collated all of that into this analytics funnel framework, 
which seems to work really well for a lot of uh, successful applications, uh, which looks like so. It starts with acquisition. The user insight that you're trying to gain here is how many users are you getting every day, and what is the trend? So is the number of new users growing day by day? Is it flatlining? Do you need to do something about it? Uh, that's the kind of user insight you would gain. Then comes activation. Now, pretty much every application has one or more key events that users uh, take right at the start, which signifies that they're now active in your app. Uh, for the sports fans application that I'm going to use as the example, maybe selecting your favorite team is that key action. If it's an e-commerce app, maybe adding your first item to the card could be that active activation event. If it's an e-book application, downloading your first book could be that activity. Uh, feel free to extrapolate to whatever applications you're building and think of what that action is for your app. So once you understand how many users are installing your app, how many are getting activated, the next step is to measure engagement. So we saw how the Sports France application has three features. Uh, we want to understand which of those features are popular with the users. Uh, how often do they use each feature? All of this determines what their engagement is with the app. Then you want to look at whether an engaged user is retentive. So do they like those features enough that they're coming back to your application every day, every week, every month? And finally, you want to look at which of these users will go on to drive revenue for your application. So those are kind of the user insights that most applications would typically try to gain from analytics. But how do we quantify this? Because we want to scale this to millions of users. So that's where uh, KPIs, or key performance indicators, come in. And each of these steps in the funnel have their own KPIs. I will discuss some of the more popular ones, uh, but I'm sure a lot of you use KPIs that you've known and trusted. Uh, feel free to match and mix. Uh, for acquisition, should be fairly obvious. You would calculate the number of new users coming in every day. But importantly, you want to look at the source of those installs. Are they coming in organically? from the app stores on mobile devices, for example? Are they coming in through search engines, social media referrals? Or maybe you're doing paid advertising and acquiring users, and that's the channel they're coming in through. And it's really important to understand which of these channels drives the most users to your application. It pretty much determines where users are discovering uh, what you've built. Then, with activation, as we discussed, you identify that key event or action in your app, and do a count of how many users and how often those actions are taking place on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, for the sports fans application, as I discussed, you could use the favorite team selection as that key action, because that pretty much tells us uh, what kind of live scores those users would want, what kind of news articles they would want, uh, are they likely to buy tickets to the game for those teams. So that's the action I'm going to use. For engagement, there's a host of uh, standard KPIs that all app developers measure, things like daily active users, monthly active users, session counts, average session time. But because we identified that key action, we would want to track the count of that key action as well uh, on a daily basis. Retention is interesting. There's a lot of debate and argument about what the right KPIs are for retention. Two of the more popular ones that we have seen are DN retention and sticky factor. 
Uh, let me talk about that real quick. So DN retention is basically you looking at a cohort of users that have installed the app on a particular day and tracking that cohort over time to see how many of them are coming back to use your application. So to give you an example, what's today? Tuesday, so let's say the sports fans application was installed last Tuesday. I track that cohort of users. I check how many of them came back on Wednesday, and I call that D1 retention. Now, that's a very important metric because typically what you see is that when users install the app, unless your app immediately conveys what it's doing, a lot, you lose a lot of those users on the first day. So you want to look at that D1 retention metric really carefully, especially if you're doing paid advertising. That pretty much determines your ROI. Then I come to this Tuesday and see how many of these users have come back seven days after installing the application. These users have most likely taken that key action, which is why they've come back after seven days. Uh, they're likely to be engaged users. And then I go on to D30, a month after the app was installed. Now, these are more or less loyal users. It varies by application, obviously, but these are users who probably will go on to generate revenue for your application. Then there's Sticky Factor, which kind of flips this on its head. What you do with Sticky Factor is you look at all of the users that have come into your app today and go back historically to see how often they've used your app in the past. A very popular way to measure Sticky Factor is look at all the users that have come in today and check how many of them use your app at least once in the preceding month or preceding 30 days. Think of it as DAU by MAU, in a sense. So the higher that number, uh, the more likely that users are coming to your app more often. So it's a really good measure of uh, retention. And then finally, there's revenue. These KPIs, again, should be fairly obvious. You track purchase sums, purchase count. You also want to track unique purchasers. And a lot of developers take that one step further. They also track things like churn rate of payers. Now, if some of your applications have a subscription model for revenue, uh, that's a very important metric. How many of them are subscribing again uh, in, you know, in the subscription cycle? All right, so we talked about the user insights that we want to gain. Then we came up with these KPIs, which will help us quantify those user insights. Now, let's talk about some of those custom events that I spoke about uh, using the sports fans example. I would obviously track things like DAU, MAU, sessions, sign-ins, sign-ups. Uh, that's pretty much table stakes for any application. Then, for each of those three features, I've come up with these custom events that I think are relevant. Now, this is an app that I made up, so I'm free to come up with whatever actions I want to do that for your own application. Uh, I would track things like topic subscriptions. So are people subscribing to news alerts on transfers? Uh, are they subscribing to news alerts on tournaments? I would basically track each of those topic subscriptions. I would then track the views of each news article. And maybe the application has a comments section, and I would want to track how social my users are, so I'd track that as an activity. And I would want to qualify those actions or events with the name of the topic or the name of the view. For live scores, I would want to look at the number of views of live scores. It's an important feature in my application. I want to know how many people are using it. Maybe I'm sending an email digest of results every week. I want to look at the open rate of those emails. And I would want to track how many people are clicking the notification and coming into your app. Pretty straightforward. 
Then for tickets, the events that I would define are purchases, basically. But then I'd want to qualify those purchases with things like the name of the SKU or the unit that was being sold, uh, the type or category. Are they t-shirts? Um, are they tickets? Uh, what have you. And then maybe I'm running promotional discounts, in which case I'd want to track if a user actually used a discount and if that's helping my business. So far, so good. We have KPIs that we're interested in, which will help us gain those user insights. We defined a few custom actions uh, for this application. Now we can start asking questions of these events. What's the typical usage frequency of the sports fans application? Which device? Now, you've built an application for multiple mobile devices, web browsers, tablets, what have you. You want to understand which of those devices is the most popular means of uh, consuming the app that you've built. And then you start looking at each of those features and how many users are interacting with those features. Here I have uh, news, live scores, and tickets, so I track how many users are using each of those. And finally, look at uh, the effectiveness of your messaging. Now, given that this app depends a lot on uh, live events, messaging is probably a pretty important channel through which you get your users back. So those are questions I would ask as well. Now, to help you uh, capture all of this data in the format that we just discussed, we built Pinpoint with two entities in mind. There are the events and there are users and devices, on the other hand. The goal here is to make it extremely easy for you to capture all of that event data in a structured manner and be able to query it. Uh, as I mentioned, we spoke to a lot of developers, both within Amazon and outside, and one of the popular uh, common refrains from their launch postmortems is that they wish they spent a little more time structuring the kind of events that they were capturing. Because what ends up happening, it becomes an afterthought in many cases, because you're really passionate about building a great app, and then you ship the app and you realize all of the data that's coming in is extremely unstructured, really hard to query and parse. I've been there in the past as a product manager. And we took all of that feedback and decided to build Pinpoint in a way that it takes away all of that worry from you. So let me describe what that events model is and why it's useful. Events in Pinpoint have child objects called attributes and metrics. Let's look at some examples with that sports fans um, application in mind. So things like topic subscriptions, topic views, purchases, those all come under events. They're actual things that are happening in the application. Attributes are things that are used to qualify those events. Now there are the standard attributes like platform and device, uh, locale, We'll see in a bit how Pinpoint captures all of that automatically for you without you having to take up that effort. But then you as the developer would want to track attributes like the name of the article that is being viewed or the name of the item that's being purchased. So those are all attributes. Then there's metrics. Metrics are things on which you can do arithmetic operations. So here you would track things like the number of pages consumed per article or the time spent on a particular article. Uh, in the case of revenue events, you would want to track the amount purchased, the discount. Then what you can do with the metrics is do things like sums, averages, min, max, P90, what have you, and make use of that information to take action in your app. Pinpoint does the same thing for users and devices as well. Uh, note that I call users and devices out separately. 
Uh, as we discussed, it's a multi-platform app. It works on mobile devices, web browsers. So you want to be able to understand devices separately from the same user. Now, typically, you would identify a user with some kind of a unique ID. Maybe it's a username or an email or a phone number. In fact, if you use Amazon Cognito, which is a fantastic service for doing exactly that, uh, Cognito sends all of this information automatically to Pinpoint. All you need to do is check a box, and the integration is automatic. So it's really a, a, a really elegant way to set up your application for user identification. Then again, there's user attributes. What's the most common device that that user is consuming your application from? What are those users' favorite teams? Is the user a new subscriber, or are they interested in live scores? You're basically building a profile of what that user is interested in. Users also have metrics. These are typically lifetime values, and you would use these metrics to understand which tier a user belongs to. So let's say there's a particular user that's doing a lot of uh, ticket purchases. You would collate the total sum of tickets purchased or the amount purchased, create a tier of users that belongs to that category, and do the same thing for all of the other features that we just discussed. So that's the event model that you get out of the box uh, with Pinpoint without you having to worry about coming up with your own design. It's great in providing structure. At the same time, it gives you flexibility to do what you want and to tune it for your own application. Now, let's take a look at how you can do all of this with Pinpoint. A quick overview of what Amazon Pinpoint is uh, for some of you who may be new to the service. The first thing Pinpoint does is user analytics. This is going to be the topic of our discussion today for the most part. So this is where you collect all of those events that we just discussed, all of those metrics, look at charts and reports on the console. Then, once you've collected all that information, you want to start segmenting and targeting the users. Because that's the point, ultimately, right? And Pinpoint allows you to do that out of the box as well. You can create segments of users based on all of that rich event data and attributes that you've been collecting uh, from your app. You would also capture user preferences, like favorite teams, and then categorize users based on that. And finally, Pinpoint lets you message your users. So now you've collected all this event data, you've segmented your users, you then want to start taking action on all of this data. Now, one of the things you would do is tune your application to be uh, better suited to each of these users, but the other is from time to time, you would want to send them messages, either to announce a new feature that you've released, or to assist them if they're stuck at some point in the application, or even transactional use cases, like a ticket was purchased, you want to send them a receipt saying that a ticket was purchased. Because Pinpoint collects all of this event data and attribute data, it lets you send personalized messages. Now, I've been there, I'm sure you have. You get these generic messages from some of the apps that you use that are really not relevant to you, and you end up opting out. You don't need to do that anymore. You're capturing all of that information. You can personalize it out of the box with Pinpoint. Uh, in fact, uh, if you're using the uh, reInvent application on your phones, it's using Amazon Pinpoint to send you notifications when your talks are going to start or what have you. So it's using all of these uh, event models and uh, customized messaging capabilities. We are not going to talk a lot about messaging today. 
Uh, but I urge you to attend uh, a lot of the other sessions around uh, messaging with Amazon Pinpoint. There's a workshop this afternoon at 11.30. Uh, there's follow-up talks all through the week. Amazon Music is going to discuss uh, how it's using uh, Pinpoint to do some of these actions as well. So make sure you mark your planners for those events. I'm sure it'll be really useful. Let's continue discussing analytics. Here's a quick under the hood look at how data flows uh, from your application to Pinpoint. Pinpoint offers mobile SDKs uh, for all of the mobile platforms. These SDKs abstract a lot of the work that you would otherwise have to do using APIs. So it makes it really easy for you to ingest events. I'll actually show you in a bit uh, what setting up a custom event looks like. We also have a JS SDK. So if you're a web application, as is my sports fans app, you could collect events from there too. Pinpoint also offers APIs. So if you want to send events from your server side, you can do that. If you don't want to collect, maybe you have some events that are just on your server and not coming from your client, you could funnel those in as well. All of this data comes into Pinpoint, and you can do two things with it after that. The data is automatically aggregated on the Pinpoint console. So that gives you a lot of great out-of-the-box functionality to look at some charts. All of those KPIs that we just discussed are available uh, straight on the console. But as developers, you would have creative needs with, the, with that data where you want to perform ad hoc analysis um, and do deep dives. So you can export all of that data automatically to Kinesis. Uh, now, this is a point of feedback that we got from a lot of developers, that this data belongs to them, and they would want an easy way to export it anytime they want. Pinpoint lets you do that automatically. You just set it up once and forget it. And then it's up to you what you do with the data on Kinesis. You could use Kinesis streams to perform real-time analysis. We'll discuss that briefly later. You can also send it to destinations like Redshift, S3, or Elasticsearch, where you can then perform ad hoc analysis or deep dives. With that, let's look at how you can use the Pinpoint SDKs. Too big. So this sports fans application that I've been talking about, uh, when I first came up with it to prepare for the talk, uh, it was just going to be on the slide, but then I got carried away and built a small sample app, which is good because we can now use it uh, for our demonstration. Doesn't look like much, but it'll serve our purpose. You have uh, the features that we spoke about, where you can look at news, so purchase merchandise and tickets, or as the user, you can go and set up your profile. Let's look at what I've done with this view. I'm going to use Objective-C iOS as an example. If that's not your cup of tea, please don't judge me. I've done something very simple on this view. All I want to know is how often this view was loaded. So I go and create a custom event using Pinpoint. The first thing I do is instantiate an object, which is the AWS Pinpoint event object. And I give a name to my event. In this case, it's an app view visit. Then, as I mentioned, you need qualifiers for these events. So that's where attributes come in. 
I have added an attribute called name of the view. Makes sense, right? And I'm calling it the description view because that's the landing page. Then I ask Pinpoint to record that event. And finally, I can manually submit the event immediately as it occurs. Now, the Pinpoint SDKs uh, automatically submit events periodically, so they do that for you. But if, for some reason, the action that you're interested in has a real-time use case, you can call the manual submit events method, which is what I've done here. Let's go back to the application now. Let me click through into news and merchandise. So the news article, there's just one. FC Barcelona wins the Champions League. It's a hypothetical application, so I don't care that the news is not true. You can either read the article about how the team won, or you can go and purchase tees and tickets to the next game. Let's go back to Xcode and see what I've done with this view. Here again, I'm recording the action of loading the view or a user visiting that page. I'm not going to go into that again, but as you can see, the attribute has now changed. It has the name of the new view that we're interested in. Then, when a user clicks on the uh, news article, I want to track that as a custom event, as we discussed, which is the act of viewing the article. Here, I do pretty much the same thing. I create an event. This time, the event is called news view. I assign an article ID, an article title, and for the first time now, I'm recording a metric for this event, which is the time spent reading the article. And then I do the usual action of recording the event and then submitting it. So if you go back here and do that, so you can see how it's submitted that event with the attributes that I just discussed and the metric. And you can then go and look at this action on the console. I can do the same thing with uh, purchases. Now, the nice thing about Pinpoint, uh, which a lot of developers found really handy, is that it abstracts monetization events separately from all other custom events. Now, under the hood, they still are custom events, but we make some of those things easy for you where you can track monetization events separately. As you can see here, I'm collecting a bunch of information, like the product ID, the price of the item, the quantity, and the currency in which the purchase was made. And then you do the usual action of recording and submitting. Now, some of your apps might have uh, revenue models based on advertising, where you're showing ads in your app and collecting that information. I'm actually going to be talking about how you can use Pinpoint to set up a mediation service uh, for your app where you can maximize your ad revenue on Friday. So I'd love to see some of you there if your apps are interested in advertising as a revenue model. And it uses a lot of the same concepts, too. Now, let's go back to the sample app. As I said, the uh, next thing we're doing is looking at the user profile. Pinpoint captures a lot of information automatically for you. It captures the locale, the platform, uh, the platform version. And because this is a simulator, it's not capturing the address. But if I was running this on an app, it would capture the device token as well for you. So you don't have to worry too much about sending push notifications. You just drop the SDK into your app, and it'll collect all of that information. 
You can then start creating messaging campaigns using Pinpoint to reach out to these users. I'm not going to go too much into that right now. And you can select your favorite team. As we discussed, that's the important user action in this application, right? So that's, going, that's what's going to let us uh, understand what this user likes. I have FC Barcelona and Real Madrid here. I've been told people like other teams. Uh, I'm sure that is the case. But in this case, I'm just going to use Barcelona as my favorite. And it has submitted that user event to Pinpoint. Now, the great thing about the event model or the user model in Pinpoint is that this gets propagated from any device that the user is using the application. So you can maintain a profile for the user across all of the devices that they're accessing your application from. A quick look at how that's implemented. So I'm using a segmented control view here. Um, I have the team that was selected. Then I create a targeting client instance, add the attribute, which in this case is the favorite team, and update the profile of the user. You can add a lot more such custom metrics depending on what your use case is. And again, here I'm recording the fact that the view was loaded. So to quickly recap what we looked at there, we instrumented the app to record events and user attributes using the mobile SDK. In this case, it was iOS. You can then start looking at all of these standard KPIs on the Pinpoint console. Here's a quick look at the Pinpoint console. As you can see, it offers a lot of analytics tabs to you out of the box. In this case, I have the Users tab active, where you can look at things like daily active users, monthly active users, sign-ins, sign-ups. If you've integrated Cognito, all of this information comes in automatically without you having to instrument the app. We also provide a bunch of other tabs like the Usage tab, Revenue. There's also Funnels if you want to look at how your app onboarding process is working out. So in the case of my application, for example, if I want to look at how many people loaded that first view and then went on to purchase a ticket, I could create a funnel using all of those events that I collected. And all of this is offered to you out of the box. So it kind of does away with the need for you to uh, design your own charting solutions or your own reporting solutions and spend all your time either building the app or doing deep dive analysis and leave all the standard analysis to the Pinpoint console. And remember how we spoke about the custom events? You can drill down into those as well right on the console. The news view event that I just recorded with the attribute being the article name is right there for you to see. And you have a bunch of charts that you can then look at. You could look at the count of the event. You could look at the number of such events per session. You can track the unique users that have uh, taken that action. And you can also look at all of this as a time series. So you see that date filter at the top. You can filter that up or down as you like and get a sense for how, uh, how many users are taking this action. All right, so what we have talked about so far involves capturing event data from your application and then looking at some standard and custom events for analytics needs. But what if you have a real-time analysis need or a real-time action need? 
maybe you're capturing operational data, like has there been a crash in your app? And do you want to send a push notification letting users know that there's a bug and you're fixing it? Maybe you're selling tickets and you've reached 90% of your ticket inventory and you want to send a notification saying, hurry, only 10 tickets left, uh, get yours fast. And the great thing is you can send this message to that targeted segment of users because you now know what those users are interested in using the pinpoint SDK. There are many ways to do this using Pinpoint. I've picked one which made the most sense to me. All of the data and events are flowing into Pinpoint from your application, either through the SDK or the API. You then automatically export all that data into Kinesis. Now, the great thing about Kinesis is it lets you use a Lambda to take actions on the data that's coming in, in real time. What I'm going to do with that Lambda is get the number of tickets sold from the event stream. Now, as you can imagine, this activity has a very real-time use case. You don't want to send a notification when it's too late, when the tickets have been sold out. So you really want, want that information as soon as it happens. And you can do that uh, pretty seamlessly just using the console. You set up your Lambda. It's reading what events are coming in from your Kinesis stream. And then the Lambda can invoke a pinpoint campaign to send a push notification to that targeted user group. So let's say we have hundreds of users that are interested in FC Barcelona. You're selling tickets to a game where Barcelona is playing. You can specify a campaign target that's going only to those users with that attribute. All of this using the API if you want to. And you would then invoke a Lambda that sends that push notification instantly to the application. I want to show you what that looks like real quick. We don't need to go into the detail of that. So here's a very rough sample. Uh, you know, I need, probably should. All right, that's much better. So as you can see, I've set up a Dynamo instance where I want to store the number of tickets that I have remaining. I have the pinpoint client. And then I identify that key event that I'm interested in, which is tickets sold in this case. Now here you see the handler that's uh, intercepting all of the uh, events coming in from Kinesis. You then check for that event type, which is tickets sold in this case. And if it's above a certain threshold, all the way down here is the pinpoint campaign. So as you can see, we're providing a segment ID which identifies that group of users that would be interested in this notification. You have a scheduling function in Pinpoint, so you can either schedule a notification to go out immediately, just once at a certain time, daily, weekly, monthly. Now, for the sports fans application, if I'm going to send an email digest weekly to my users, I could set up that schedule on uh, the campaign. In this example, I'm showing an SMS message, but like I said, you could either send a push notification, an SMS, or an email. Uh, all those channels work. Um, and we're going to build support for a lot more channels going forward as well. Now, uh, just another quick note here. 
So you could also use the same functionality to send receipts when tickets are purchased. We've been discussing so far about sending a push notification when your tickets are running out, but for the people who are purchasing those tickets, you want to send them a notification that their ticket is confirmed. So you could do the exact same exercise. You basically intercept the event from Kinesis, uh, understand which user made the purchase, and then set up a pinpoint campaign to send a notification to them, either through SMS, email, uh, push, or maybe all three, because it's an important event. went back to the start. Now, you could also do this through APIs. You don't necessarily have to use Lambda. Uh, you could use Kinesis APIs. You could use your own custom APIs to intercept all of this data and then take actions. Uh, the other use case that we haven't discussed here is ad hoc analysis. So let's say you want to understand which feature in your application is driving the most revenue-generating events. Uh, is it news articles being read? Or is it the people that view live scores? So you want to go do this custom analysis with all of the data you've collected. You can do that by exporting the data from Pinpoint to Kinesis, and then Kinesis to a destination of your choice. I've used Redshift extensively in the past to do that kind of analysis. I'm sure you have your own preferences as well. Maybe some of you use Elasticsearch to do that. Or maybe some of you just dump it as flat files into S3 and do the analysis. All of that is possible. So just a quick recap of uh, the implementation that I discussed. You export events from Pinpoint to Kinesis. You track real-time ticket sales using the Lambda. You then use the Lambda to trigger a push notification campaign on Pinpoint. And you can view all of this analytics on Pinpoint again. Now, Pinpoint not only captures event data from your applications, but it's also collating all of this message interaction data for you automatically. What's great about that is you can start measuring the open rate on some of these messages that you're sending and make a determination whether you want to include and exclude certain users from receiving these messages. And all of this data is available to you handily in the console, out of the box. That's what the Kinesis export looks like on Pinpoint. You just do it once and forget about it. You basically select a Kinesis Firehose delivery stream or a Kinesis stream as the destination to which you want to export your pinpoint events. You then create an IAM role, and you're all set. You can then come back and change it later if you want, but the neat thing about this is you don't have to worry about whether your data is getting to you, uh, your destinations or not. And all of this is happening in real time. Most of these events that we capture come into your console and to your Kinesis streams within minutes. Let's recap what we discussed. We started by identifying KPIs with the objective of gaining user insights. We understood that we need to quantify those user insights to make sense of them at scale. We also looked at the fact that you want a structured events model to capture all of this data. The, the last thing you want to do is capture unstructured raw data, which is really hard to parse. Pinpoint offers that event model for you. You can use our SDKs to capture events in a structured manner out of the box. I then showed you real quick how you can integrate your app using Amazon Pinpoint with the SDKs. You can do the same thing with APIs. Everything that I've shown you with the iOS app here, you can do using APIs as well. 
We then set up a few custom events, uh, which we used to define user attributes as well. So is a user interested in live scores or um, news articles or purchasing tickets? Again, we did all of this using the SDK. We took a look at how you can visualize aggregated data on the Pinpoint console. And as you remember, we looked at some of the tabs that the Pinpoint console offers out of the box. And it also offers you the ability to drill down into events, uh, into your custom events, and then further drill down into attributes. We talked about a couple of use cases of accessing raw data using Kinesis. The example we discussed was keeping track of how many tickets you've sold and then sending a push notification to your users based on a threshold. But as I said, you could use the same framework to do any kind of ad hoc analysis in real time using your own systems. And using all of that, the objective is to gain those user insights that so many developers have told us is incredibly important to the success of your application. I would urge you to attend some of the breakout sessions uh, that discuss Pinpoint in greater detail. They go into the individual aspects of Pinpoint, like campaigns, segmentation, um, some more discussion around user analytics in a workshop. Amazon Music is going to talk about how they use Pinpoint. And please remember to provide feedback to help us improve. It was great having you all here. We're happy to take questions. Uh, Brian, do you? Want to join me? <laughs> no? Oh, guess not. Go ahead. I'll repeat your question. Okay, cool. Uh, so the question is about uh, data latencies and how long it takes to ingest data into Pinpoint and then potentially get it out of Pinpoint back into your own custom systems. Um, so as far as the ingestion goes, uh, the Pinpoint APIs obviously are highly performant, so if you post events to them, uh, we will record your event and persist it uh, with, in sub-second latencies. Uh, to get the analytics in your console, typically takes a couple seconds to a minute, um, as Prashant called out earlier. Um, so then that's available in your console for you to query, uh, and again, in near real time. Uh, and then, again, it takes a couple seconds to a minute to get the data from the point that it ingests in the API into your Kinesis stream or Firehose stream so that you can, again, take real-time actions on your events. Does that answer that question? Yeah. Awesome. Great. Go ahead. That's a great question. Um, so as far as the... You want to repeat? That? Yeah. So uh, the question is about the data format that Pinpoint persists the data in. Uh, so obviously, we have our own data format internally to serve you the KPIs. But when we stream the data out to you, it's the raw JSON. It's effectively the exact records that we get in the API. Um, you'll get that exact record uh, in your stream. And, and that's what you can use in the Kinesis stream as well, if you're invoking a Lambda based on that. 
yeah, if we want to, we can actually hop over to what we, I guess the code sample might be here. Yeah, so. I don't think it has the JSON, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. It doesn't have the full JSON in yeah. here. But effectively, it looks exactly like, or it's, it's got the payload that Prashant described with an attribute section, an event type section, and a metric session. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't see any. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that last part. It was in mobile SDK? Uh -huh. Sure. Uh, yeah. So the question there is, uh, do the mobile SDKs, do they provide the batching mechanisms and handling of the offline uh, scenarios and low latency or high latency connections or network interruptions? Uh, and so, yes, uh, the mobile SDKs all do handle the interrupted connections or uh, batching of events, submission of events, uh, waiting for internet connections to be available. Um, and they also provide some hooks for you to hook in your own uh, logic there, Custom potentially. Logic, yep. yeah. But but they do retry and you know batch events. Yep. Sure. Uh, just to repeat, there's a couple of uh, questions here. Uh, the first is, if you're using the SDKs, they're capturing the device token themselves, but what if you want to use the APIs to do all of those things? How does Pinpoint know what the device token is? Uh, so if you're using exclusively the APIs to generate your user profiles or endpoint profiles, then yes, you would have to provide that device token. Uh, if you're using the SDKs, on the other hand, it does it automatically for you. The second question is, what do you do when uh, users uninstall the app or opt out of push notifications, I guess? So we do understand uh, expiration of tokens, and we provide that as a KPI on the console as well, uh, where we give you the opt-out rate, for example. Uh, I think in the case of APNS, they encourage you to refresh, uh, to update your device token information on every boot up, pretty much. Um, so that, that, that's what you would do. So you get information on the console about what the opt-out rate is or if there's expiration of tokens. Um, and you can then stop targeting those devices or refresh it. Absolutely. So co the combination use case where you use both the mobile SDKs and the APIs is, is a common one for us. You know, yep. Obviously, we have highly optimized mobile APIs, which do the registration of your endpoint, collection of your events. But we also uh, have a bunch of APIs that are for batch uh, import of endpoints uh, or your user profiles, uh, as Prashant has called them in this session. So uh, we, we have both, and they will reconcile the data together and merge those endpoints together. Um, I also want to call out that you know, if, if you do have more questions about the targeting and messaging side of things, we have a number of talks uh, and workshops that you should definitely attend. I know Prashant was trying to do his best to fit all of the analytics stuff into this uh, short hour here. So. Yep, and there's a workshop at 11.30. Yeah.
to, to make sure I got the question right, uh, I, you're asking if Pinpoint has a REST API to submit events? To fetch event from, got it. Right. So we do have an API that submits events, but today all of the data that you want to get out of Pinpoint is through Kinesis, the Kinesis route. Um, that said, we hope to have updates for you on that as well at some point shortly. Absolutely. Uh, so the question is, does, does Pinpoint apply, or does this analytics model count or work for desktop, desktop applications or other frames of applications? Um, so again, I think Prashant really focused here on the mobile side of things, which is a, a great jumping off point and great to conceptualize. Um, this is actually, uh, you might have heard us use the word endpoint instead of user profile. We call them endpoint profiles to capture exactly that, which is that users are no longer engaging with businesses directly in one way, which is the traditional mobile device. They have many different platforms, and we've kind of abstracted that into what we call an endpoint, um, which is really a user's touch point with your business. Um, so we, we actually have a number of customers that do exactly that, which they've uh, created, and maybe you want to talk a little further on that. But uh, No, yeah, I mean, uh, Ryan covered it pretty much. So we track each endpoint separately, and then we tie them together using the user object. So we still know it's the same user, but we know that we are aware of the different devices they're accessing it from as well. That's a, that's, <laughs> that's a fun question. So the, the question there is, uh, do we support uh, JavaScript embedded environments oh, okay. on the mobile devices, right? Things like PhoneGap, uh, which I think I'm supposed to be calling Cordova now, uh, or uh, React Native or any other JavaScript-based apps. Um, I think if we go back to the slides Prashant had up there, the mobile SDK, or the SDKs that we currently have um, as full-fledged SDKs as opposed to just API wrappers are the mobile SDKs, which we have for uh, Objective-C for uh, iPhone and Android. Uh, and then we also have a JavaScript SDK, which is releasing at reInvent uh, here. So we, I think the example is actually with React Native. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. So the Amplified. Amplified, that's right. Yeah. So uh, you can use Amplify to generate your React Native application. Um, and then obviously it's JavaScript. So at that point, if you wanted to, you can pop and, that in. And there is a talk about using AWS Amplified to do analytics, among other things as well. Uh, if you're interested in that, please do attend. Yeah. <laughs> It's, an, it's a request we get a lot from, from most of our customers about regional availability, and typically what we do is we collect all of that information and then plan a rollout. Um, as with most AWS services, our goal is to be in as many regions as possible in the fullness of time, and I think that holds true for Pinpoint as well. So today we are available in IAD, but, um, US East one, but over time we absolutely plan on being available in other regions. So if you have uh, needs of having your data localized and you know in a particular region absolutely we're working towards that that's definitely a big ask as far as data sovereignty yeah, goes we, for, we get that yeah. request a lot absolutely So the question there is, right, how do, how do we track the users? We covered a little bit that we, we really conceptualize devices a little bit differently, and we call them endpoints. Um, and we track 
who owns an endpoint based on a user ID, um, you are welcome to provide that user ID. Uh, out of the box, we, or the, the SDK that's generated for you um, uses Cognito. Um, so if you enable their uh, identity, their user identities, they will actually inject the user ID in there for you on your behalf. A lot of developers have told us that's been the most seamless way to do it as well, uh, is integrate Cognito, which assigns that user ID for you automatically. Um, but if you're not doing that, then, then yes, you would have to assign a user ID uh, on each device. Um, in fact, I have that uh, in yeah. my... Oops. Let's see. Did it fall off here? <laughs> yeah, so I think what Prashant is looking for... Uh, actually, I was going to... So he's showing the code sample, but I think actually in the PowerPoint he shows some of the extra KPIs you get if you integrate with Cognito. Um, they're not really extra, but Cognito instruments them for you, which are things like number of logins, uh, logouts, users, et cetera. Um, and obviously, these are all just basic events that you can provide your own values for or record your own events for. Um, but again, with the auto instrumentation that you get out of the box with the Cognito integration uh, becomes pretty powerful. I, I think I have it commented out here, but uh, <laughs> so you could use the Cognito uh, SDK to do it or assign your own user ID. I just use this to show an example of how you would do that on the Pinpoint SDK. So to be clear, if you're using the Cognito SDK, it'll do that for you automatically. Yeah. So this is purely illustrative. If you're using your own username, this is what you would do. Are you talking about partial updates to users, or no, what? I have a, some events are recorded for the user is not logging, and hmm. then the purchase maybe. Got it. Yeah, so again, with, with the Cognito integration, they actually offer you a hook to let you reconcile your identifiers. Um, so once a user logs in, they, they ask you, right, like, should you merge these two identities, or should you leave them as separate identities? Um, and that's kind of what the Cognito answer there is for how you manage logged in, logged out users. And, and if you're using your own uh, authentication framework, because we track the endpoint as the same, so say the user takes an action when he's not signed in, uh, we record an endpoint then. And then he signs in, but the endpoint is the same. So both actions are still tied back to the same endpoint on that device, whether they're signed in or signed out. So when you're looking, when you're drilling down into events, you'll still see both events assigned to the same device, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think we had one here. So it's not required. Um, and again, this is a similar, very similar use to what we were just talking about, right? Where if you're not logged in, you don't actually have a definitive identity, right? A user can always uninstall, reinstall, and if they're not logged in, they'll have a new, a new identity. Um, the SDKs we provide for JavaScript typically will actually save uh, an identifier to the local storage of your browser. Um, obviously, this is something that you can customize. If you wanted to make an API call, you could. Otherwise, it just generates a GUID that it can use as an identifier. So um, it is required to have an identifier, just that we can track things, but that identifier could be anything you want it to be, um, and it could just be a GUID. So. Does that answer the question about do we need identifiers for mobile or web? Sorry, web analytics. Oops. Cool. I think I saw one more. Maybe not. 
Yeah, so the KPIs exposed today in uh, Pinpoint uh, primarily use session tracking as counts for sessions. Um, there are a lot of fun things that you can do with sessions and sessionization of, of, your, of your events, uh, but the current KPIs on the console primarily focus around the counting of the distinct sessions. Yeah. And, and if you're using the API, you're free to do your own session tracking, obviously, but with the SDKs, you get what, what's in the box. We, so, so we collect the device model as well, um, and we do report that to you on the console. Uh, what's interesting from what you asked is we could probably do a better job showing things like screen sizes or you know, drill deeper into what that device model means uh, and offer some of those out of the box. Right. Absolutely. We've definitely heard at least a few other developers bring that up. Um, Uh, no, I don't think we've seen anyone do that yet. Uh, usually when people do do the event streams, they'll either put it in S3 for cold storage, right, uh, if they ever want to do any kind of EMR jobs, or pipe that into one of the AWS analytics offerings just because that integration is so powerful where, you know, it's maybe like a 20-line CloudFormation template and you have your raw event streams, come, or sorry, your raw events coming into Pinpoint, and then you can almost multiplex that out to whatever, uh, you know, Redshift or Elasticsearch or um, whatever uh, destinations you want for your Firehose or Kinesis streams. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for staying. Thank you so much.